Tonight, tonight. Why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I'm puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Come on in. It is overtime with Jonathan Beadle. And glad you guys could be with me here on this Friday. I feel good. All right. We feel energized. We feel all ready to go. I am bracing myself for the what is, in my mind, it's the final weekend. I know we're going to have college football and listen, we'll talk Ohio State at some point as well. But I'm bracing myself for what is the final weekend until we have to be. Five straight months with NFL football on every single Sunday. I mean, say goodbye to your significant others. Say goodbye to the people that you love. I saw this TikTok the other day, and it was this it was this husband giving the wife like this contract that basically said, I was an awesome husband for the previous, you know, five months or whatever it was. I'm gonna go back to just being semi all right. I'm just gonna go back to being an okay husband because it's football season and this is what happens. I got one weekend here. And listen, you guys know I love college football. And listen, I'm going to watch a lot of college football on Saturday. So I don't even know that I'm doing this right. But I've tried to squeeze in so many different things. I am going golfing on Sunday morning. I got a CBS Sports radio show on Monday. I am meeting up with a friend on Saturday night to watch some college football. I'm meeting up with another friend on Sunday as they're coming to my place. We're doing a little home and home action there. Uh, different friends, so it doesn't count. But for me, it's a home and, you know, home and away. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, did I load myself up a little bit too much? Yeah. For someone that typically, if I do one thing in a weekend, I'm like, we did good this weekend. Yeah. Maybe I did. Maybe I did, but I'm excited for it. I basically decided to jam pack in as much fun as I possibly could have for this weekend before understanding that the following weekends, we got to hunker down and let's get to work. I am so excited for NFL football though. I, I can't believe it's almost here. It's, it's so close. I can taste it. But I, but I can't get there. It's sad to think that it's still nine days away. Like I was getting ready to do this Joe Burrow topic and, and we're going to do this in a second here. Okay. Like where you guys are for week one. But as I was going through it and I was getting myself ready, I'm like, yeah, it's right around the corner. We're legitimately talking about what Zach Taylor is discussing and, and the different roster moves for the Bengals and what they're doing. And, and I got, I was this close to texting my buddy James Rapine being like, Hey, want to come on tonight? And then I was like, it's still a little premature, just a little premature. I also was trying to beat the rush because James Rapine's going to be a very popular person next week. So I don't even know that we're going to end up having him on the station, if we're being honest, at least on my show, because he's going to end up being on somebody else's show. Uh, but that's either here nor there. If you ask James which show he'd prefer to go on the most, I mean, I'm the closest friend of James with anybody at the station, so I would hope he would say me. But again, I like to let the gotta let the you know the primetime shows eat. I'm okay with that. James is a very good guest. If it happens, it happens. If not, that's fine too. It's either here nor there. It's nine days away though. Nine days away. So it's so close, but it's also yet so so far away. Like think about think about if somebody told you we're gonna do something awesome nine days from now. You'd be like, okay, sweet. Tell me in five days. Like I'll put it on my calendar, but tell me in five days. That's kind of where I feel right now. 
Hey, Jonathan, want to go golfing? Yeah, I'd love to go golfing. All right, we'll do it nine days from now. I'm like, why'd you, why'd you tell me? Like, I'm, I'll put it in my calendar, but I'm not, I don't even know what my swing will look like nine days from now. Are you kidding me? I, I mean, it could be a completely different thing. Thanks to Golf Tech, I've been swinging the, swinging the Cubs pretty, uh, pretty good lately, but I don't know what's going to look like nine days from now. Anyway, we are so close. We can taste it and I'm excited for it, but I have a jam packed weekend. But the only thing standing in the way of that is the thing I love to do the most. And that's talk with you beautiful people about the Browns this upcoming season. I am going to seem. No different than anyone that's been paying attention for the previous four months, but maybe different if you just popped in. For those that are unaware, we're very high on this Browns team. Four months ago when the schedule came out, I said 11 wins. I have not wavered off 11 wins. Here's where I dip my toes into the deep end of the water, though, and I go a little bit further. We're playing in the shallow end. I don't know why, but we're playing in the shallow end. Let's go to the deep end. When I ask you guys if you're feeling good when you wake up going up against Joe Burrow, I'm going to take this a little bit further. For a team that spent a month talking about the kicker, by the way, what a privileged life we do live when all our problems are talking about the kicker. It's like when extremely wealthy people are like, oh, my gosh, I just, my gardener quits and I just, I don't know what to do with myself. That's our problems right now, okay? It's a very privileged life we're currently living as Browns fans. I'm not hoping to win against the Bengals. I'm expecting to win against the Bengals. That's where I've moved myself to. When I have expectations for this team, what else could I expect? When you want the media to fawn all over you, throw, you know, the roses in your direction, why shouldn't I expect them to beat Cincinnati? Maybe I'm crazy. But I think they are capable of winning the division. I think they're capable of making it to the AFC title game. If I think they can do all those things, then why wouldn't I expect them to beat Cincinnati next week? I'm not going to kill them if they have a, if they lose in a really tough game. I'm not going to kill them. You won't hear me on Monday as I'll be doing uh, the little half hour show that I do on Mondays when football season gets underway. I will not destroy the Browns if they lose in a very tough game in week one. They score 30 points. Defense only loses since Joe Burrow is close to being able to call his number these days when it comes to what he does in a game. I will not kill the Brownies. There's no doubt about it. I'll say, okay, they played tough. Let's go out there and win week two against Pittsburgh. Let's get back to 500. Let's get back up on the horse. But make no mistake about it. When we get ready for the pregame show, and you hear me for those four hours, and I'm talking with Jason Boyd, and I'm going to have Ken join us in the final hour of the show. I don't even know what else is sandwiched in between. we got all sorts of surprises and different guests and people coming and going. All I'm thinking that entire day, I'll be seeing red. All I'm thinking that entire day is the expectation for me is that the Browns beat the Bengals. The expectation for me, if I really do believe that this team is as good as I think it is, I think offensively, Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski are going to hit the ground running. I think defensively, Jim Schwartz is going to be an absolute game changer with what he does with the wide nine. I think the defensive line is as good as we've seen. Defensive line and offensive line. How did the Eagles make it to the Super Bowl last year? That was the trick. Defensive line, offensive line. Detroit Lions, same story. Why are they a playoff team, expected to be a playoff team this year? Last year, they were just knocking on the door of it. Defensive line, offensive line. That's what you need in today's NFL. you got to win in the trenches, and you got to be able to punch people in the mouth. Browns now with a defensive line are going to be able to do that. They've always been able to do it on the offensive line, but now on the defensive line, here we go. They have the recipe. 
Now, the unfortunate part of this is that there are a lot of teams in the AFC that you can make a case for have the recipe. But I'm talking about the Browns and the Browns exclusively right now at 216-474-0092. Are you feeling good when you wake up going up against Joe Burrow? Put you in that scene. I'm trying to set the scene in my head since this is the last Sunday without NFL football for months. Fast forward to week one, nine days from now. I just finished the four hours of pregame obligations. We're getting ready to kick off. Which, by the way, I have not figured out because typically I, I used to go until 11 o'clock. Now I'm going to 1 o'clock. I don't know. Am I just going to listen to Jim and I think I'm just going to listen to Jim and Nathan as I walk back to my car? Somebody message me if there's a better way to like I can I can like you know listen to Jim and Nathan but also watch the TV version of it so I can see what's happening. So when I get to my house 25 minutes later, I'm not like you know end of the first quarter or playing catch up into the second quarter. Some advice would be lovely. But kickoffs minutes away. Are you feeling good? Are you feeling excited? Are you treating the season like how Ken is treating the defense where he has to see it to believe it? Which one are you doing? 216-474-92. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Cincinnati is not a walk down Main Street. I think we all know that. So how do I believe the Browns are as good as I believe they are? How can I possibly say that I think this team is a world beater but then turn around and say anything short of the expectation for me is that they beat Cincinnati. How can I tell you 11 wins? And how can I tell you that this team is different? But then tell you I'm I'm looking like Ernie McCracken and Kingpin at the foul line doing the, oh, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. I'm not scared. I believe the Bengals are the toughest team the Browns have on the schedule. I believe they're tougher than any team in the AFC not named Kansas City, even though they do have their flaws, by the way. And we'll get to those in a moment. Toughest game on the schedule currently going is week one and week 18. When you play Cincinnati and you play Cincinnati. Now, maybe other teams will rise up. I don't know. Who is any idea what the that second to final game of the year, week 17 against the Jets, is going to be on December 28th? Is that going to be a game where all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers looks like MVP winner Aaron Rodgers, where he won two and three years, and you're like, whoa. Okay, he is on a different level right now. Or is he going to trip over the garden hose? I have no idea. Can't say one way or another. Wouldn't honestly want to try to predict it if I had to. When it comes to the Browns, looking at this schedule, looking at what they have, if I'm focused on week one and I'm making week one my priority, that's the toughest game that they have bar none. And I'm saying I have the expectation that they should win that ball game. That's where I'm at nine days away. I have the expectation that they should take on the Bengals and they're going to walk away with a W. 216474 to below 92. Because if I had anything short of that expectation, then anything I told you in the previous four months, anything I told you in the previous month in particular, when I'm riding the fact that I think this defense is going to be an absolute game changer and the fact that I think this offense is going to be able to fly and instantly fly, by the way. I'm not talking about uh, a late takeoff or anything like that. No, 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 no. We're we're going gate A. You know, what, what what gate will we use here? Is it A17? We're going C27. I don't know. Let's do let's do gate A17 flying southwest out of Hopkins. Let's get this thing taken off. The reality is that this offense is going to be right away instantly good. And you got the Bengals. I think in my mind, right where you want them. 
Joe Burrow practiced all of one week leading up to this after his injury. T. Higgins has already made excuses for why he hasn't practiced as much. You have a secondary that is walking around drunkenly in circles during these practices, getting so confused, like Jacks Gregory leaving the bar. I don't know what's going on with that secondary. Easily the weakest part of that team. They've been complaining about it the entire preseason. And you got a lot of areas where you can take advantage of. Their running back spent the offseason doing God knows what, but it certainly wasn't improving on his yards per attempt, which ranked him 37th in the NFL last year. We got him in the, we got him in the offensive line. We got him in the run game. We got him defensively in the secondary. We got him defensively on the line as well, I would say. Where don't we have them with the exception of they have a better number one wide receiver and then obviously they have Joe Burrow. But if, if Deshaun Watson and Stefanski are going to hit the ground running, I'll take Deshaun Watson and Stefanski over a one-week practice session of Joe Burrow nine times out of ten. That's where I'm at with this team. I think they're going to be awesome right away, especially when the Bengals historically don't start the hottest. So let me hear you, 216-474-0092. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Put yourself in the right mood here. Let's pretend it's next Sunday. Are you feeling good when you wake up going up against Joe Burrow? Or are you thinking to yourself, I'm living a little in my fears? It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on the fan. Keep playing in January and February. That's our goal is to continue to have great seasons where we put ourselves in that position. And that's as a team. So, again, as an offense, you're just always trying to score points, keep the defense off the field, and make their job easier. As a team, our goal has always been be at the forefront of the division because, like I've said before, that gives you the best path into the playoffs. And this, this division is the best in football. And when you come out, you're battle-tested. And so, again, that's just as a team, that's what our focus always is. That's the voice of Zach Taylor right there talking about his team as they get ready to take on the Browns week one. Question I have for you at 216-474-0092. Are you feeling good when you wake up going against Joe Burrow? I told you guys, it doesn't mean that we are going to beat the Bengals, but I expect us to win against Cincinnati. For a team that's been a month talking about the kicker, I'm expecting us to not only have a good showing, I'm expecting us to win. I'm not hoping to win against the Bengals. I'm expecting to win against Cincinnati. 216-474-0092. Put yourself in the mindset. Nine days from now, we're getting ready for kickoff. How are you feeling? What's your mentality like? Do you have as much confidence in this team as I currently do? Nathan in North Ridgeville going to lead us off here on the fan. Hello, Nathan. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Nathan? Hey, so uh, I, I agree with you uh, 100%. Um, I think that week one, though, is less about the quarterbacks and the offense and more about uh, which defense is going to show up. And I feel really good with Jim Schwartz and Zadari Smith and Miles Garrett leading things off in the dog pound at home against a division opponent. I think our defense is going to come out and just make a statement early and let our offense kind of uh, get get gelled together a little bit for a couple weeks. But, uh, you know, you got Cincinnati, then you go into Pittsburgh and play them Monday night. I think those are two games that our defense are going to be Camp for everyone's healthy. Um, you got Emerson on the on the outside with Newsom. That those guys are ball hawks. Thornhill showed up in uh, the last preseason game, so I'm feeling way better about this team going into this home opener that we haven't won in who knows how long. Um, and I think the tides are changing in regards to that uh, fact. As far as a home opener is concerned, we did win the opener last year. Remember against Carolina on the road. 
So, so we're, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying the whole month. Oh no, I know, I know. But for the longest time, it was just winning. It was winning openers in general, right? And it was right, just a bad right. stretch. I got but you, man. I, like I said, I, I think, I think, I, I mean, Watson's going to be fine. Um, but I, I think it's the the, the storyline is going to be which defense is going to show up. And I mean, you hit the, you know, nail on the head with uh, this day's defense is. I mean, it's a train wreck, and I feel really good about what Jim Schwartz is bringing to the table already. And opening it in the dog pound is going to be even better. No doubt about it. Thank you, Nathan. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, oddly enough, uh, that was the rhetoric for the longest time. Browns did open up the 2020 and 2021 season. Remember, the, like those are the good times with home openers. They had not won too many on the home home opening front. It had been a while. Oddly enough, if you if you, if you want to go you want to go back here a little bit, and I, this is going to get thrown around an awful lot before we approach week one. Team had only registered 10 victories to open up the things at home since 1980. But if you want to look just from 2020, we're doing all right. And then obviously, because you had the road win against Carolina. Are the Browns a home opening team? Let's get that rhetoric going. I'm just envisioning it. I'm thinking like, I don't know, MJ Emerson, pick out of the gate, something like that. And then we're just off and running. We, we punched the Bengals in the mouth. The, the cocky Bengals, they spent the entire offseason. Jamar Chase just yapping, yapping, yapping. Can't, I mean, my goodness, he's a, he's basically, like, you, you know one of those, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, what kind of doll, what, what's the little doll I'm thinking of? The, the little wind-up doll, that's what I'm thinking of. He's basically been a wind-up doll this entire offseason. Just wind him up and let him dance for the media with the different takes he's got about Joe Burrow. Well, we can miss the first five weeks of the season and still be all right. To hell you can. Not in this AFC can you miss the first five weeks. No chance. Between him, between Joe Mixon, can't stop getting in trouble. Cincy's secondary, that's obviously going to be an issue. Everyone, even in Cincy, are saying they're worried about the fact that they don't have a good corner and safety that they're both missing. There's a lot going on here in Cincinnati. The idea that we're going to turn this into the Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, AFC Invitational because they made the AFC Conference game the past two years, not buying that. Not right now. 216-474-092. How are you feeling against Cincinnati in week one? And this isn't to throw down Cincinnati to prop up the Browns. Not really what I'm going for here. I'm just saying I'm expecting to win week one. That's where I'm at right now. Let's go to Jeff up next on the fan. Hello, Jeff. Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, what's up, man? I, I've been a uh, fan my whole life. And you asked the question if we got to see it to believe it. That's right. I definitely have to see it to believe it. I mean, how many times have we been so pumped about, you know, year after year? But I am happy that we signed Schwartz. I'm very happy, you know, we got somebody, you know, with his caliber up there and, and for the defensive coordinator. And I'm glad we addressed our D-line issues, you know, our defensive issues. We definitely, you know, lacked it last year. But I'm very, very enthused. You know, um, I'm, I'm little, I wish we could have kept Michael Dunn. But well, Michael Dunn—that's not your make or break, is it? Well, I, I, I'm big on the O line, depth on the O line. I really am. Is your last name Dunn? I, I've never met a Michael Dunn fan in person. It's nice to meet you. Oh, really? I mean, uh, why? What's what's the, the uh, knock he's, on Michael he's Dunn? He's fine. I'm just not a knock on him. I've just never met anyone that was like. Michael Dunn is what I was like focused I said, I, I love addressing the D-line, the, um, you know, the depth of the D-line. And uh, everything's in Watson's hands, man. I mean, this, this team's going to go where Watson goes. 
He no, definitely looked a no, little no. slow. He, he definitely looked a little slow. The games that he was last year, he didn't look like uh, he wasn't as fast as the old Watson. And yeah, I get it. He's getting a little older, but I'm pumped about Watson, and I'm very enthused about Cincy. I think we could beat Cincy. We have a lot of early division games, and yeah, that's going to say a lot. Go. You know, after what we got, like about four division games starting early. Three or something in the like first that. four weeks. Three in the first four. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to say a lot. But, All right. Thank yeah, you, I'm Jeff. very enthused, man. Let's get it. All right, there we go. Let's get it, Jeff. All right. It's out of the Michael Dunn thing. I think that was a pretty good call. I'm sorry if I seemed a little down on Michael Dunn. Apologies to Michael Dunn. It's not you as a person, Michael Dunn. It's just like if somebody called up and was like, whew, I don't know what we're going to do without Bajorquez. I'd be like, really? That's, that's out of all the guys, that's the guy that you chose? Charlie Hewlett, not on the roster. I don't know what we would do. Really? Okay. Just, yeah, some people would say like a Miles Garrett, a, MJ Emerson, something like he that. He is a captain. Charles Charles Hewlett Hewlett is, is a captain. captain. Yes, yes. And he is the oldest Browns player and also the second longest tenured Browns player. How do you replace that, Jax? How do you, you can't do that in one day. I'll tell you that much. That veteran leadership. 216474092. Paint yourself the picture, okay? You're sitting there. You just got done listening to me and Jason Lloyd and Ken and we're all talking about the pregame and we're getting everyone hyped and ready to go and we are, we are just talking through the outcomes and you're getting ready and it's Jim and it's Nathan on the call and you're sitting there. You got your pizza off to the left hand side. You got your chips and salsa to the right hand side. You've already told your significant other, not now. Browns football is going to be on or you invited them in. They're sitting right next to you. What's that feeling you got in your stomach? Are you excited? Are you like me and say, my expectation is to beat Cincinnati. So bring this game the hell on. Or are you sitting there saying, I don't know. I don't know what Deshaun Watson is going to do. I don't know that Jim Schwartz is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't know what this team is going to be. Neil, up next on the fan. Hello, Neil. Hey, how are you tonight? What's up, Neil? How's it going, man? Good. I gotta, I, I gotta reiterate what the guy said before me that Michael uh, Dunn, Jim, Sh- oh, okay. no, Jim Schwartz, <laughs> Jim Schwartz. Okay. Uh, he's a heck of a better upgrade than Joe Woods. I think he's, you know, yeah. I think he's going to be, he's going to be the answer I, I, for our I mean, defense. I like uh, a stuffed animal would have been an upgrade over Joe Woods, though. Let's be honest well, about it. All right, all right. <laughs> I get that. Um, my thing is, you know, we, we got a great offense, we got a great defense, but Kransky is still our offense, our calling our plays. Yeah. And our plays over since he's been here, play calling has been kind of an issue. Unless I'm wrong, but. I really see a play. You know, I, I'm sitting here on my couch watching the game, and I'm like, "Why is he doing that play? What? What about?" Now, does, does it help you, Neil, that this this playbook has basically been crafted together with him and Deshaun Watson this go around? Does that ease you a little bit? Well, I know it's catered to Watson, but if he's going to continue to do, you know, the boneheaded play calling, it doesn't matter who is quarterback. I mean. You're, you're, you're fourth and or fourth and one, and you run a sweep. You used Chubb last year. I mean, my God, so the what third kind and of two, fourth and two call. That? I get it. He, there was there was sometimes I thought that he. Here's the thing. I think my theory on it. I think he's a very good play caller. I do. I just feel like sometimes he overthinks things, and sometimes he gets in a situation where uh, take the layup, take what's given in front of you. But he's so worried about trying to outsmart his opposition that he ends up making a dumb play call instead. And I think once he eliminates some of those moments, I think we'll be much better off. 
Okay. Well, you think that's going to happen? In your I do. opinion, you're you're around it more than I am. I do. You I do, do think it is? Yeah, I think you're going to see a much better play caller from Kevin Stefanski this year. If you didn't like him last year, and listen, I liked more than I didn't like, but if you didn't like him last year, I think you're going to see a lot of things. You'll call up. Please do. Eight weeks into the season, you'll be like, JP, I ripped him for his play calling. I think you're right. I think he's pretty good at this. All right, I will do that. But let me ask you one more quick question before I get off here. Sure. Do you think, you know, since the Browns got rid of Joe Woods and they brought in Schwartz, who's a much better upgrade, do you think, you know, Haslam's would maybe make make uh, Sapansky have to get an, uh, an offensive coordinator that can call the plays? Because I see Van Pelt is just kind of a – he's just like a yes guy. He just – he has no real – I don't see the real purpose yeah, for him. Neil, the weird part is – and I'll answer this for you off the air here. It's a good question, and thank you for the call as always. The NFL's moving away from that. You know, for a while it was, make your own calls. And I really think Andy Reid was in part of the reason why it's kind of shifted. Look at what he's done in Kansas City. He empowered Matt Nagy, who then went on to be the head coach of the Bears. He empowered Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy never got the head coaching job for other reasons. He's now in Washington. Matt Nagy's now back in Kansas City. And he, and he's done this where he's just kind of empowered people to, to, to be there. And, and Andy Reid is still talking to Mahomes in the headset, but ultimately, He's the guy that he's patrolling the sidelines more than he is doing the the actual play calling right now, and that's it's, it's worked. It's worked to a high degree. And I, when you look at the Eagles last year, the Eagles with Nick Sirianni, what happened there? Shane Steichen was the offensive coordinator calling the plays, and Jonathan Gannon was on the defensive side calling the plays. Nick Sirianni just he just roamed the sidelines, made sure everything was on the up and up. I think. Owners like that more now than what Kevin Stefanski's approach currently is, where Stefanski is doing everything on the offensive side of the ball. He's calling the plays. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, this is where Jim Schwartz becomes so imperative. Where Joe Woods failed, Jim Schwartz has to step up and pick up the slack. There's no doubt about it. But, yes, I do think there is something to that. More and more, I, and I'm, I'm reading and talking to more guys as well across the league, and more people I talk to about this, and more people you can tell, they're like, they, they don't want the guy that is doing the play calling. They want the, the guy that's kind of patrolling the sideline and making sure everything is all right, like a Mike Tomlin does in Pittsburgh. That's what they want. But ultimately, I think the reason why Kevin Savansky got hired wasn't because he's a great leader of men. I don't think he got hired because he's a great personality. You see that with his uh, press conferences, okay? I think he got hired for the same reason you hired Sean McVay, for the same reason you hire Kyle Shanahan. He got hired because play calling and designing schemes is what he does best. Why would you take that away from someone? It just doesn't add up to me. I'm all for the idea how the NFL is evolving and it's changing, and maybe Stefanski's got to evolve with it, but that's what he does best. I don't know what it is you think I do best as a radio host, but whatever you think that is, would it be wise of me to then strip out the very thing that you think I do best at and then go from there? Probably not. I'd be like, hey, maybe lean into whatever you do best a little bit more. And so that's why, and I think Stefanski, even in, again, a Haslam aside, I think if Stefanski was asked to withdraw the play calling, there's a part of me that wonders if that would just be a deal breaker for him. I think when he got hired, if they told him he couldn't call the plays, that definitely would have been a deal breaker. But the Haslam's wanted him because that's what he does. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Are you feeling good when you wake up going up against Joe Burrow? Lance in Painesville up next on the fan. Hello, Lance. Hey, what's going on, JP? Oh, what's up, Lance? Uh, uh, uh. 
Actually, to be honest with you, I think Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than um, Joe Burrow. I mean, all things considered, Joe Burrow's always had the better talent. Um, you look at their their careers in college when they had equal talent. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson's always been right there. So is Joe Burrow. Hmm. Uh, um, Houston stripped Deshaun Watson of all the offensive talent, and he still had led the league in passing his final year, final full season in Houston. Um, I, I, you know, the, uh, JP, you know better than anybody. The assumption, the five in, five out, or the seven in, the seven out, or the six in, six out, or however many games. You can't look at the schedule and dictate what the team's going to do. And, 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 and we've seen bad teams that were predicted to be good mm-hmm. don't even make the playoffs. We've seen teams come out of nowhere, like last year, like the Jacksonville, the Giants, the Seahawks, come out of nowhere. Nobody thought those teams would be, any, be anything. And so this year, I'm thinking a lot of these AFC teams – not a lot of them, but some of them that people think, you know, I'm thinking Cincinnati might be a team and it could slide backwards, JP. They could. I've, I've been saying it for a while. Listen, I like Cincinnati, but they totally could slide backwards, Lance. The Jets, I, I'm looking at that. Them. Um, I'm looking at maybe the Chargers, the team that don't have the best defense in the world. Uh, you know, people like to uh, go overboard about the Jets' defense. That defense isn't all that. You lost. They lost the last what six, seven games last seven, year. Seven, seven, yeah. Yeah, come on. They, they like they like Sauce Gardner. They finished with the fourth scoring defense in the NFL. They there's some th- there's some positives of the Jets defense. I'm not going to trash the Jets defense, but I I hear your bigger I hear your bigger point though. You know, and I, I'm thinking Cleveland, the, and plus Deshaun, he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think that's going to loom big for Cleveland. I, I don't think it's going to come down to um, Stefanski play calling. That, that team, I think he's, he's a good leader. And then that team is galvanized. Nick Chubb and, and those guys, I think Cleveland might surprise a couple of people. They might make it to a conference championship game. Lance, it's, it's, it's in the cards. I mean, we got it's not a, a crazy thought. And I appreciate the phone calls always, Lance. I'm up against it, man. I appreciate you, though. Okay. All right. Thank you, man. It's okay. There's a couple things that went a little unchecked there. I got to check them coming back. Okay. It's not crazy. It's not when he brings up Joe Burrow. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna. I have something for you coming up on the other side. I think it's gonna blow your mind when it comes to Joe Burrow. You're not gonna believe it when I say it. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Continuing with your calls though. Are you feeling good? You wake up nine days from now. We're going up against Joe Burrow as a Browns fan. Are you feeling good? It's overtime with Jonathan Beetle here with you on the fan. Alrighty, back out of here on the fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. And I'm telling you guys about my excitement for week one. Basically, my expectation is for them to beat the Bengals. How can I tell you that they're a team that should win the division, at least compete to win the division, compete to go to the AFC title game, and then turn around and tell you I don't expect them to beat Cincinnati? That's where I should be at, right? When you want the media to fall all over you, why shouldn't I expect them to beat Cincinnati? When I have expectations for this team, what else should I expect? But I'm asking you guys, and and I had a caller last segment 
And he popped on and he said he thinks Deshaun Watson is better than Joe Burrow. And he went back to the college days and he went back to the final day in Houston, final season in Houston for Deshaun. I don't know that he's going to end up being better than Joe Burrow this year, but I love that mentality. I do. Joe Burrow is very gettable. Let's put it that way. Week one, when he's had one week of practice, that's what I said earlier. I said one week of practice with week uh, with Joe Burrow in week one, I'll take this version of Deshaun with Stefanski over what Joe Burrow can be in week one. Joe Burrow last year, the part that I said would surprise you, Joe Burrow, his numbers last year, he was basically in a blind test, quarterback A, quarterback B, lined up almost identical to a T with Jared Goff. It kind of shows you how... I'm not going to say overrated Joe Burrow is and how underrated Jared Goff is, but it definitely does show you how when we anoint someone, we anoint him. Now, Joe Burrow's got that magical ability to just get wins, but he, he does have Jamar Chase. He does have T. Higgins. He does have Tyler Boyd. He's got all the weapons in the world, always has, with the exception of year one when he was injured. So I, I, I there's a part of a Bengals fan deep down that has to wonder to themselves how much of this is that. And the bet the Bengals are making this year is the idea that T. Higgins, they're going to let him walk at the end of the season, okay? They decided to get nothing back in return, and the roll of the dice will be worth it if they win the Super Bowl. It'll be cataclysmic if they don't. Nothing in return for someone like T. Higgins when they could have got a first-rounder for him if they shopped him this offseason. They decided to roll it back. And listen, I appreciate that. That's a good move by a team that's in a win-now mode. I, I, I'll never hate a team when they go for it. But you got to win then if you're Cincinnati. But week one, nine days from now, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about the defense, feeling good about the offense. I'm excited. What are you? 216474 to below 92. Are you living in your fears? Do you need to see it in order to believe it? Or can you dive into the deep end of the pool like myself? Wayne in Streetsboro, up next on the fan. Hello, Wayne. Hi, Jonathan. Good talking to you again. Good to talk to you. Hey, How's it going? Hey, hey, Jonathan, I can appreciate your enthusiasm, you know, for your for your backyard team. Mm-hmm. But um I like that term. That's fun. <laughs> I hate to say, but uh the Browns have proved nothing yet offensively and defensively so far. It's all all the enthusiasm all the enthusiasm is just based on paper right now. Wayne, aren't you a okay. Bengals fan? Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah I remember it correctly. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Jonathan, the Bengals are battle-tested. Am I right or wrong? You're not happy with what I said about Joe Mixon, aren't you? <laughs> you know what? When they kick the ball off on Sunday next week, it's not going to matter what Mixon did. did, did I, Wayne, did I upset you with the, the, the fact that since he's secondary, looks like the teacups at Disney just going whoa, whoa, around in whoa, circles? Whoa, back whoa, there, whoa, 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 Jonathan, Jonathan, circles, hold on. Missing a corner, on, missing a safety. Yeah. Wayne, <laughs> Wayne, what's going on with your defense? There's a, there's a go. There it goes. Uh, Off in the fast pass line. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, let me remind you, <laughs> the Bengals are getting back a cornerback, a woozy A, who was a pro bowler before you ended his knee last year. Cam Taylor-Britt on the other side shut down Stephon Diggs in the playoffs last year. And I'm not really Josh Allen shut down Stephon Diggs. No Bengals secondary no, gets credit for that. Cam Josh Taylor Allen gets credit for, for shutting down Stephon Diggs. Okay, right. <laughs> on, and Wayne. Look, and, oh, and, and look, what a big room yoga reach uh, that was, Wayne. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan, you know Lou Anarumo has made a living shutting down elite quarterbacks? If I have to hear Lou Anarumo one more time out of a Bengals fan, I'm going to blow my casket. Yeah. It's the truth. It's all the truth. A, guy was unhirable for a million years. Now all of a sudden he's like God's gift to football. 
Mahomes can't figure him out. That is true. I don't know what he he just he just stumps the hell out of Mahomes. Right? He's the only person to stump Mahomes. You know, look, I expect a very entertaining game next week. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams <laughs> scored in the thirties, right? But I think there's more pressure on the Browns this year than the Bengals. Browns have oh, jobs really? on the line. The Browns have jobs on the line. Well, that's true. The Bengals, but but the Bengals. First off, I mentioned the Higgins contract for a reason. You don't want to end yeah. up with with that egg on your face and it not working out. But but won't you think if the Bengals if they go one and done in the postseason, you can't go backwards, right? It never works that way. You can't go backwards. If they go one and done, don't you think a lot of people would be calling them frauds for what happened? Well, what has happened? Well, here's what you're forgetting: the Bengals have advanced to the. AFC championship game with only one home playoff game under their belt. What if the Bengals get home field advantage this year in the playoffs? I I guess everything's possible. You know, and I wouldn't be surprised, Jonathan, if the Browns and the Bengals played in the AFC championship game this year. There we go, Wayne. Now we're back talking music to my years. I like the sound of that. (laughs) Bengals, Browns, AFC title game? They, They have never played in the playoffs before. Wayne, will you sit with me in the AFC title game, Browns Bengals? Yes, I will. Yes, right. I'll sit with my Higgins jersey, and you can sit. <laughs> you can sit with your Lee Suggs jersey. <laughs> I'm actually going to wear the NFL hat. I'm just going to root for good football, Wayne. Okay, all right, and I'll buy you as much beer as you want, and I'll drive you back to Solon. My man, thank you very much. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate yeah. you, man. Mm, bye, bye. All right, mm-hmm. good stuff. <laughs> I got a DD for the the game. This is great. It's all I really need in life, right? Told my wife on, on Saturday I'm going to my buddy's house. We're going to watch some college football, and my wife's going, uh, you know, and and you know we're doing couples thing, right? And, and I told her I was like, listen, I have not I have not gotten tipsy in the slightest bit since I've had my my baby. I went to my brother in law's wedding. We got a little tipsy there, okay, but I haven't let the hair down truly since having my my baby and my child. And I don't know how that's going to go, but I'm going to give it a go this Saturday. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get relatively tipsy. At least that's the game plan. Sometimes the game plan doesn't work out that way, right? But the game plan going in is to get relatively tipsy, and I don't know how that's going to work. I I think I'm a pretty happy drunk, okay? I'm also a pretty emotional person in general, so sometimes that kind of comes through. But I'm a happy drunk, so I think what's going to happen, I'm going to try to pick up my child. My wife's going to yell at me for trying to pick up the child while inebriated. But I'm going to try to, like, sing to the child. I'm going to try to, like, dance with the child. And then I don't know how that's going to go. But I think it'd be in such a loving, nice way that it'll be like I'm Mr. Rogers or something. I think it'll be very nice. I don't know. Time will tell. Reality, by the time we end up getting home, she'll probably be asleep. 216-474-0092. Cooper up next on the fan. Hello, Cooper. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing? Yo, what's up, Cooper? Hey, congrats on the baby, man. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Just want to say, um, I also think the Browns will be able to pull it off. Bengals got a good squad, but it seems like every time Joe Burrow plays us, so we're playing the Bengals, we seem to bring our A game. So, you know, I think we'll pull it off. I think I'm really excited about the defense this year. I think Jim Schwartz is finally, you know, the difference maker we needed, especially compared to someone like Joe Woods. But. I think the season's kind of really just dependent on Deshaun Watson and how he plays. If he's his full potential, I think there's no stopping us. But last season, I think it was a bit suspect. I'm going to react to that. And thank you, Cooper. I appreciate you. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it, the final six games didn't go well. And we're going to get on that in just a second. I got to play what Jason Lockenfora had to say on Deshaun Watson. We got a ton to get into when it comes to what happened last year with Deshaun Watson. 
But to put a bow on this conversation and trying to figure out what you guys are thinking and where you guys are at taking on the Bengals, I'm not going to keep the same energy of the idea that we've always owned Cincinnati is for why I'm saying I expect us to beat Cincinnati week one. We won five out of the last six against Joe Burrow. I'm not using that as my calling card for why I think the Browns are going to be really good and beat the Bengals week one. I'm not using that. When I do the pregame show with Jason and, and hanging out there with Ken, maybe it comes up, maybe it doesn't. But I'm really focused on this year's team and what they can be because it's this year's team that I have the expectations with. Last year's team, I didn't have them beating Cincinnati right away. Now, we basically murdered them on Halloween, and then the second game, Cincinnati got their revenge. We had nearly 100 penalty yards in that game. That was the game both Burrow and Watson had a pick in the fourth quarter. It was a weird game, but we had like 98 penalty yards in that game. It was just an odd, sloppy game, and especially on the defensive side of the ball where Joe Woods obviously left his fingerprint. Jim Schwartz is going to have that cleaned up. Could you imagine having a game with Jim Schwartz in charge where we have 90-plus penalty yards? That is never going to happen. They'd be running laps for the next seven years, okay? That's never going to happen. But I really do, because I believe in this Browns team, I really do believe the expectation for week one is you got to beat Cincinnati. And I believe the expectation should be across the board. For any of my, my fan co-hosts, and, and colleagues that want to go ahead and, and say they predicted a double-digit win season like I have, any of you guys out there, if you're listening, if you're not saying the Bengals, that the expectation is to beat the Bengals, I'm going to be disappointed. Because you can't say they're a double-digit win team and then say the expectation is anything short of that. I leave that there, but come on back. What did Jason Lock and Forrest say about Deshaun Watson? And on top of it, I'm just not buying the idea that last year the Browns held back with Deshaun Watson. I'll explain what I mean when we come on back. We'll also get to Twitter reactions. Those brought to you by Shabin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on The Fan.